John's Gospel, chapter 12. I began last week with a message on follow, following Jesus. And I want to continue it this week. I'll just spend a few minutes reviewing and then quickly share with you what I've brought for this morning that the Lord's given me. John 12, verse 23, thinking about what it means to follow Jesus. Here's Jesus speaking his own words to us. Jesus replied, the time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And I tell you the solemn truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains by itself alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. The one who loves his life destroys it. This is a continuation of the solemn truth. The one who loves his life destroys it. And the one who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternity. If anyone wants to serve me, he must follow me. And where I am, my servant will be too. And if anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. The difference between believers and followers is that many believers in Jesus follow their own lives. Though they believe in Jesus, they do so with very little alteration to their own behaviors or their own values. But the difference between a believer and a follower is that followers of Jesus adapt their lives to where Jesus is going and what Jesus is doing. The other thing that Jesus brought out, the other point that he brought out distinguishing followers from believers is that to glorify God, one must leave this world with more than the self that they came into it with. Jesus referred to this as the solemn truth, which is, if you live for self, you will die alone without fruit and without glory. However, denying self to follow Jesus leads both to fruit and honor from God. Matthew 16, 24, and 25, Jesus said it like this. If anyone wants to become my follower, he must deny himself, take up your cross, and follow me. For whosoever wants to save his life is going to lose it, but whosoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So let's be where Jesus is going and let's be doing what Jesus is doing. Hallelujah. Let's be followers. This morning, I want to continue from the message last week when I was talking about correction and how we receive correction and do we seek God for correction. And I want to expand a little bit more on the thought of self-denial. We probably don't hear a lot about self-denial in our, in our gospel preaching today. But taking from James' epistle, let me read in James 4, 6 through 8. But God gives more grace. Isn't it wonderful that the Lord is willing to give more and more grace, the power of grace. The Bible says God gives more grace. Therefore, God says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Here's the line. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Notice the devil doesn't flee from you because you resist him. He flees from you because you have submitted to God. You can try to resist the devil, use words and language, even Bible verses. 
But if he's not leaving, if he's still in your face, maybe you should consider, have I submitted to God? The devil runs from people who are submitted to God. Now the word deny, when we talk about Christian self-denial, the word deny in Greek has a very simple meaning. It means to say no. Just say no to drugs. Here's a good one for the 21st century. Just say no to your kids when they want to do wrong things or to yourself. So what is self-denial? If the word deny means to say no, self-denial simply means to say no to self. So if you're going to say yes to Jesus, be prepared to say no to self. There's going to be a conflict if you don't. Because self is going to want to go in the other direction than the one that Jesus went in. So, who you follow, that is your Lord. You could say Jesus is Lord, but if you follow yourself, you are Lord. Is that not right? Who you follow, that's your Lord. It's not who you believe in. It's who you follow. That's who is Lord of your life. So there are many Christians who absolutely profess that they believe in Jesus. And they probably do believe in Jesus. But if they follow themselves, self is Lord. Jesus is not Lord of their life. Is he Lord? He is. Should he be Lord of their life? He absolutely should. But in reality, he's not Lord of their life if they are following self rather than following Jesus. So Jesus calls upon his followers to reject your natural inclination towards the lordship of self in order to follow Jesus' lordship. They're in conflict with each other sometimes. So step one in following, if you're going to be a follower, step one is surrender and submit our wills, our affection, our bodies, our lives to God. Surrender them and then submit will, affection, body, and life to God. Our own pleasures and happiness can no longer be the primary goal of our life. This is hard. <laughs> this is hard on me. You know, Proverbs says, if you're given to appetite, put a knife to your own throat. God, oh man, got me. I mean, if you're a person who has big appetites and you live for those appetites, the Bible says you might as well go ahead and just cut your own throat. So our pleasures and happiness can no longer be primary goals. If you're going to follow Jesus, you must be prepared to say no to self. Instead, we must be willing to set aside everything. Lay down our own lives if it's required in order to pursue God's will. Peter described Christian self-denial like this in 1 Peter 4, 1 and 2. So, since Christ suffered in the flesh for us, for you, arm yourselves with the same thought and purpose, patiently to suffer rather than fail to please God. For whoever has suffered in the flesh, having the mind of Christ, is done with intentional sin, has stopped pleasing himself and the world, and pleases God. 
so that he can no longer spend the life, the rest of his natural life, living by his human appetites and desires, but he lives for what God wills. So what is he saying? He's saying that Christian suffering isn't going out and creating suffering for yourself. We see depictions of the, we call them dark ages for a reason, middle ages, because Christianity in the middle ages had the mistaken notion that self-flagellation or whipping and beating yourself or some form of creating suffering for yourself pleased God, that God was looking for suffering in your life and that was what perfected you. But that is not at all what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches denying self if self gets in the way of obeying God. But know this, this is what Peter was saying, know this, be prepared. The moment you stand up against yourself because God's calling you to do something and self wants to do something different, you are going to suffer. Because to say no to self causes suffering. Does anybody not know that? If you don't know that, it means you have never said no to self. If you've ever said no to self, there's no suffering quite like it. So, are we willing to forsake all, to give up everything, including our lives, to follow Jesus? Remember, you are not forsaking or giving up or denying in order to prove your love for Jesus. You're doing it in order to follow Jesus. This is all about following. It's very practical. So are we willing to lay self down to follow Jesus? So denying self isn't creating self-sacrifice. It's obeying Jesus without letting self-interest get in the way. Amen. In James uh, chapter 1, verses 12 through 15, he deals with how self-denial deals with temptation. How does self-denial relate with temptation when we go through temptations? And James, James deals with it, so I'd, I'd like to bring it out and talk about it a little bit. He, he says, Happy is the one who endures testing, because when he has proven to be genuine, he will receive the crown of life that God promised to those who love him. Now, let no one say when he is tempted, he used the word testing before, now he's talking about temptations. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each one is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Then when desire conceives, it brings forth sin. And when sin is full grown, it gives birth to death. So people, let's make this as simple as possible. Temptation arises from within. Temptation arises from within you. And it needs to be resisted. Satan can't Satan, let's put it like this, can only tempt your temptability. I know you want to say, oh, the devil's tempting me. But the fact is, he's tempting your temptability. 
If that temptability is surrendered to Jesus, there's no temptation. Have you ever noticed in areas of your life where you have surrendered to the will of God, the enemy trolls in front of you that particular temptation and it's meaningless, it means nothing to you? It's like a car driving in front of your house. You don't go, you don't go busting out the front door of your house every time you hear a car going by like a dog running out there. Come back! I, who are you? I, I want you! No! car passes by, you let it go. It's meaningless to you. See, when you have surrendered self to Jesus, many temptations, are the devil can, can drag all kinds of things in front of you. It's like a passing car means nothing to you. But those things that he drags in front of you that really do cause you to break out in a sweat. And you do come plunging out of the front door and running down the street after it, pretending you're not, pretending, oh, I forgot to get the milk. I'm running after the milk. Honey, I'll be right back. And you know you're not running after the milk. You're chasing what that was in that car. That is you being drawn away by your own lust. Never say God tempts you. He doesn't tempt anyone with evil. He never sends the devil to tempt you. He, he never says, I can't tempt them with evil, uh, so we're going to practice rendition, and I'm going to turn you over to the devil and let the devil tempt you some. God does not tempt with evil. What he does is he tests you with obedience. And God never calls you to be obedient just for the sake of seeing how long you'll jump, how high you'll jump, or... It, he always calls you to do things because it's his perfect will that that be done. So if God tests us, he tests us by telling us what he wants us to do and saying, do this, this is my will. It becomes a test because self may want to do something different. Self may be going in the opposite direction. Then it's a test. So God does not test us with evil. He tests us with obedience to his will. Hallelujah. If you're under temptation, that temptation is coming out of the midst of you. So now, self-denial, how does that relate to temptation? Here are some things that we must deny. These are temptations we must deny. If you're going to practice self-denial, these are things that the Bible says that you should deny. I've taken a list of, of, of things in, in a scripture in Proverbs from the Old Testament, and I've taken a list of things from Galatians in the New Testament. Here's the list in Proverbs chapter 6, 16 through 19. There are six things that the Lord hates, yes, even seven, that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to run to evil, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who spreads discord among family members. Those are all things, according to Proverbs, we should practice self-denial, deny self, when the temptation to do any of those things arises from our heart. 
In Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21, Paul writes, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, adultery, idolatry, sorcery, which is witchcraft, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, Paul goes on to say, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. So these are all things in the list that I read. If they begin to arise in your heart, what should you do? Be prepared to say no to self. How do we get to some of these? Adultery, idolatry, hostility, strife, sowing discord, fits of anger, rivalries, envy. How do we, how do we get ourselves involved in things like this? It begins by allowing the temptation, feeding it, giving a little attention to it in your heart instead of saying no to self. You see, when you and I are called by Jesus to be his disciple, he says if, if you are going to be my disciple, you must be prepared to take up your cross and follow me. You cannot say no to these things and hope to be successful because these are, are coming out of the natural man. And you can no more say no to these things than you could be, could to take a saw and saw your own limbs off, as, as awful as that sounds. So how do we say no to these things, even when they're in the, the, the embryonic state, when they're just a, a seed germinating in our mind, in our thoughts, by following Jesus, pursuing Him, hallelujah, glory to God. And so, Paul warns, he says, those that practice these things, who would practice these things? What Christian would practice these things? And by the way, I read this out of the New Testament because this isn't written to the world. This is written to Christians. This was in the book of Galatians, written to Christians. Why is he writing it to Christians? This list would not be preached to unsaved people because they are already on their way to hell for not receiving Jesus Christ as Savior. And they cannot change their destination from hell to heaven by working on this list. They have to change that destination by, by receiving Jesus as their Savior. So he's obviously writing this to Christians because we, through the grace of Jesus Christ, have the power to put these things to death before they ever come to life. Amen. We have the power and authority over these things, but we have to follow Jesus to have that power. We have to be active followers. So Christians that believe in Jesus aren't getting the victory over these things today. 
and they're finding themselves practicing them. But we that follow Jesus are going to experience the wonderful victory over these things. It's easy to kill a monster when he's small. It's hard when he's bigger than you to have to wrestle with him. So can I say to you, as soon as we are tempted, we must begin to deny ourselves that wrong desire. As soon as we're tempted, begin to deny yourself. How do you do that? By turning to Jesus, by following him. Jesus calls us to practice self-denial in our actions before we do them. Not just after we do them, but before we do them. Let me, um, let me wrap up by talking about the relationship between grace and self-denial. And let me say to you that grace, the wonderful power of grace, which I've preached a lot about from this pulpit, trains and empowers you to deny self. Let me share with you how Paul said it when, when he writes to Titus in Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 12. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. Grace trains us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Let me read that one more time, just because I, I want it to sink in. Grace trains us to reject godless ways. Grace trains us to reject worldly desires and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. Wow. Hallelujah. So grace isn't just a divine solvent that cleans up the mess after you get in it. But grace trains you to stay out of the mess in the first place. Grace is in your life so you don't get into the mess. If you get into the mess, will grace clean it up? If you, let, if you turn to Jesus, yes, grace will clean it. But grace is there to train you. Christians are to be overcomers. We cannot be overcomers if we're not resolved to deny self. Unfortunately, oftentimes our altar calls when we share the gospel with people has nothing in it about denying self, taking up our cross and following Jesus. It's just simply an appeal to enhancement through God. And we don't even use the name of Jesus anymore. We simply say your life will be better with God. You can have your best life now. But the Bible says your best life is going to be when you go to be with him in eternity. Your life now isn't anything. In fact, Paul said in 1 Corinthians that the, the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit, that nothing compares to what God has prepared for those that love him. So it's nonsense to try to lure people into the kingdom of God without telling them if you truly do want the beauty and the blessing of knowing Jesus, be prepared to say no to self in order to say yes to Jesus. And I'm teaching you this teaching and sharing it with you so you will understand the difference between religious self-denial, which is completely worthless and a waste of time, and true Christian self-denial, which is nothing more than not allowing self 
to cause you to deviate from obeying Jesus. When God calls you to obey the Lord, you need to obey him. And if self is getting in the way and trying to moderate it, then you need to tell self, you be quiet. I'm going to do what God's telling me to do. Self always says, well, I don't really want to do that. Can I do this instead? Self comes up with options or later, I'll, I'll obey the Lord later. But we all say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We all say, seek first the kingdom, but then we don't put the kingdom first. If the Holy Spirit is saying for you to do something. Now, let me, I should probably interject at some point. If self-denial is not you abdicating and giving up your whole personality and your will and letting other people just put a hook in you and whatever people challenge you to do and tell you to do whatever a church challenges you to do or you read some book, some guy's gotten a revelation and he's all boiling over with it and you read that book and you think, oh my God, I need to run out and do this right away. Don't ever do what, I don't care if it's me or preachers or pastors, prophets, books, TV evangelists or churches tell you to do do what the Holy Spirit shows you in the Word of God that you're to do. That way, everything you do is as unto Him. And you're not just trying to prove that you love the Lord because the enemy will send along all kinds of evangelists and prophets and books and things. So God is not saying self-denial is crushing and destroying your will so that you have no will. You just go with whatever wind blows. You're the dust that goes with it. Instead, self, -denial, uh, self needs to be intact. It just needs to be surrendered to Jesus. You need to have your mind. You need to have your intelligence. Matter of fact, you're going to be a better Christian if you think. So it's good to think. And the Bible says we should think according to the Word of God. So be a thinking Christian. So God has given grace to train you to reject godless ways and worldly ways. That means that, that, that God wants it to come from within you that you say, you know what, let me put that off for right now because it's more important that I do this. That's maturity. That's what the Lord's trying to bring. In, um, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, familiar passage of Scripture, but it really brings this nuance of self-denial out. Do not be conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may test, so that you may test and prove what is the will of God, what is good, what is well-pleasing and perfect. So you see, grace has been given to us to not just give us the power to overcome, but to train us as well as give us the power to say no to self. And we do that by allowing our minds to be renewed, by learning what God's will is. You see, God wants you and I to know Him and know His Word so clearly and to have walked with Him and to have gone through the suffering, not that other people have put on you, but the suffering that you yourself have put yourself through in order to obey God by saying no to self so that you can say yes to Jesus. Amen. That is the suffering 
that is meaningful. It's when you take up your cross to follow Jesus. Not when you let other people lay their crosses on you, but you take up your cross to follow Jesus. That is when it matters because it's personal between you and the Lord. And when you do that, you do that with the Bible in your lap and as a praying Christian and a tender heart and you're ready to obey God, it's a great learning process. You're being trained by the grace of God how to say yes to Jesus and you are being trained how to let that car go by and it has no effect on you. The temptability factor drops to zero. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. Praise the Lord. So, I sum up this by saying submitting to Jesus, renewing your mind, is the grace training that empowers your will to choose to deny self in order to obey God. How many of you want to follow Jesus? Whatever it costs. If you want to follow Jesus this morning, I want you to stand. Now that you, you've heard a little bit of message of what it costs to follow Him, if you want to follow Jesus, let's stand together. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I know that those that are not able to stand are jumping up and down standing in the, in the Spirit. Hallelujah. The Lord sees the stand. We stand up in our hearts. And then our bodies follow. I really see the devil losing his grip over your life. The more you hear this and follow it, Satan releases, has no power over you. How's that sound? Lift up your hands to the Lord. Before I bless and dismiss us, I want to pray over you. Father, I just say thank you. Thank you for making us your bride. Thank you through the blood of Jesus that you have purchased us. And now, Lord, we respond this morning by coming to you. Our response to you is to say yes. Lord, we are willing, by your grace, to be taught. We don't want to be puppets of anyone else, but we definitely want to be servants of the Lord and to follow you. And so, Lord, give courage to every man and woman today to have new resolve as they leave this meeting this morning to let the Lord lead their life. Lord, I can see the devil losing power, the destroyer that wants to destroy marriages, the afflictor that wants to bring disease and cancers and suffering. The accuser that wants to bind you with condemnation. He's losing power. The more you say yes, the more his no loses its power over you. I pray for you that victory will arise in you this week. That you will pursue and call out on Jesus' light in a new and a new powerful way. And be swept up in a renewal of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name.